Okay, so we're going to pick it up from the Mishnah on Daf Kuf Tezayin Amaveiz towards the bottom. The Mishnah is continuing dealing with the, you know, to what extent is a woman believed when she says her husband passed away. So she's believed that she could remarry and she could even get her ksuba. We know that a widow gets a ksuba. So not only is she believed to remarry, she's also believed to get her ksuba. Basil says no, she could remarry, but she doesn't get her ksuba. Meaning, it's enough for us, the whole reason why we allow her to remarry based on her testimony is to avoid being an aguna, but there's no reason for her to have to get a ksuba as well. So I'm You're going to accept a testimony regarding her not being an ish, which is You're not going to accept it when it comes to monetary meaning. If you're going to accept it for a more severe, you should definitely accept it for a more um, lenient concept. So what does Basil respond to that? Basil responds. The Mitzina go to the next page. Basil says, "I'll prove it to you that we're right." Even according to you, that we accept his te- the woman's testimony regarding Aksuba, but you don't ac- accept her testimony regarding the brothers, meaning, right? This woman is testifying that the man died. Does that mean that her, his brothers can go in and take inheritance? No. They wouldn't be allowed to. Why? Because even you agree that we're not fully accepting her testimony that he's dead regarding everything. So you see that the same way we don't accept it regarding the brothers, so too we don't accept it regarding hers. So why is this difference? Amle Beishamai, Halei Misper Ksuva Nilmud. Beishamai says, I'll prove it to you that we accept her testimony regarding collecting the Ksuba. Because think about what the Ksuba itself says. Now, our Ksubas don't really say this, but originally the Ksubas used to say, In the original Ksubas, it would say, when you're able to, when you remarry, you take whatever is in this document. So because you're accepting her testimony regarding remarrying, so you can get the ksuba as well. Because of Beishil, Beishil eventually agreed with Beishame. So, says the Gemara. Now we have a machlegis Beisham Beishil, whether we accept her testimony regarding taking the ksuba. Says the Gemara, Let's say her testimony is that the husband dies and she has to do yibam, so she does yibam. We accept the testimony regarding doing yibam. Now, once once the husband does yibam, once the brother does yibam, then part of the halachas of yibam is that the brother gets the deceased, the the, the yavam gets the deceased's um, inheritance. So says the Gemara. Even though Beis Hillel does not believe that this testimony gets her the inheritance, gets her the ksuba, because it doesn't work for monetary concepts. However, because it works for yibam. And Yibam, by definition, means that he gets the inheritance. So, in this case, it works. Meaning, the Siavma, if she testifies that her husband dies, and now she's taken to Yibam, Yibam and Nichols and the Yavam is able to get the inheritance. Why? Because part of Yibam, meaning she's testi- testifying that the brother does, the brother has to do Yibam, which he does. Part of Yibam is you get the Nachla. So, so it's a byproduct. Why? And they said that even. If Beishamai allows her to get the ksuba based on the wording of the ksuba itself, meaning if they believe that they can get that she can get money based on a ksuba, which is a rabbinic enactment, then the Torah who says that a Yavam gets the brother's inheritance, So therefore, if Chizda says that if she testifies that her brother that the brother that the husband dies and she has to do Yibam, then the Yavam gets the inheritance. Amrav Nachman. If a woman comes to court and says, My husband died, permit me to remarry. So, right? And then we give the ksuba because, as we saw, Beis Hill eventually agreed to Beis Shammai.
So she gets the ksuba as well. But let's say she comes into a court and she says, my husband died, I want my ksuba. So she doesn't even mention be, getting, being able to remarry and not being in Aguna. She just says, I want my ksuba. We don't believe her. Why? If it's clear from her, from her testimony that she's just interested in the ksuba, if she comes in and she says, I want to remarry, I want to marry someone else, I don't want to be in Aguna, fine. That's why it was made. But if she comes in and it's clear that her intention is purely to get a ksuba, then we're not going to believe her. We think that she has ulterior motives. So, so if she comes in and says, I want to marry, we believe her. If she says, I want the ksuba, we not believe her. So here's the shayla. Let's say she says both. I want to marry someone. I want to be able to not be in Aguna. And I want my ksuba. Mahu. Do we say that because she mentioned the ksuba that clearly is on her mind? Or perhaps, no, she's just saying, I want this, ma- this marriage is over. And she's just listing every nafkamina. So she mentioned to marry, she mentioned the ksuba. If there was the third thing, she mentioned the third thing. But she's not trying to get away with anything. She's just listing everything that came to her mind. And if you say, And if you say that that's fine, that we believe her, and she was just listing everything that came to her mind, what if she reversed the order? So she said both, which we said is fine, but she said, I want my ksuba first. So do we say that because she mentioned the ksuba first, that's really bad. Or perhaps she wasn't sure what is more Khamer than the other. Meaning, perhaps, the Ritva explains that perhaps she was just saying, I want my Ksuba first because she thought it would be like to come into court and say that I want to be able to remarry. That's like a very, pretty severe thing. So she thought, let me mention the Ksuba first and then I'll get to, you know, leading up to the more severe concept so it could be she mentioned the ksuva not because that's her motives, but because she was just thought that that was the smartest way to go about it. Teiku, we don't know the answer. Okay, new Mishnah. Every woman is believed to say that her husband that the husband died, except for there are five women. There are five women don't believe because we believe that there are ulterior motives. They don't like the wife, as we'll see why. And because they generally don't like the wife, we don't believe them to say that the husband died because maybe they're just trying to mess up the wife by having her leave by having her uh, marry someone else when she was supposed to, when, when she's not, when she's an Eishas Ish. So, we don't really believe her. We don't believe these five women. Who are these five women? Chamoisa, the mother-in-law. We don't believe the mother-in-law. Mother-in-law and daughter-in-law have animosity. Now, the animosity is, not based, is based on the fact that you have to realize, and this is the theme for all five of them, the inheritance of a family goes to the son, and then it goes to his wife. So, the, the mother-in-law doesn't like the daughter-in-law because the daughter-in-law is eating at her inheritance, right? Everything that, that was, let's say, you know, her husband's that she gave to the son, when the son dies, goes to the wife. So the wife is sort of eating away at her inheritance. So therefore, there's an automatic animosity. Now, yeah, and part of the inheritance that he's eating is the mother-in-law's, you know, part of what she brought into the marriage. So therefore the mother-in-law and daughter-in-law do not get along. Or at least there's animosity, and therefore we don't believe her. Next one is Bas Chamaisa, your mother-in-law's daughter, which is your husband's sister, through the, your husband's maternal sister. So her sister-in-law is also the same thing, because uh, all the inheritance would go to the sister, if not for the wife. Vitsarasa, a woman's co-wife, that to understand, they're sharing the husband. Vivimta, and the Yavam's wife, which is a different type of co-wife. 
meaning if she did Yibam, then it's the original wife, Ubas Baila, and her stepdaughter. Now, a stepdaughter doesn't like her because, um, first of all, the emotional component of the fact that she's replacing her mom, but also, again, she's eating away at the inheritance. Now, all of these women are not believed to say that the husband died because you don't believe her. However, the halacha is that if all of these women brought a get, they're shluchim to bring the get. They do believe that it's a good get. So, Mabi and Get looks so why do we believe in the get? Because by a get, they're not creating any testimony. It's, it's, it's clearly written that the marriage is over. They're just shluchim. So, we believe that they'll be shluchim. But for them to create a, a situation by saying that the husband died, we're not going to believe them. Okay, here's the kasha. So it said in the Mishnah, mother-in-law's daughter. The question is, what if it's the father-in-law's daughter? So what if it's not the husband's maternal sister, it's the paternal sister? Is she also, is there animosity as well? Now, from an inheritance standpoint, yes. The same way the mother-in-law's daughter doesn't like the wife because the wife is eating away the inheritance, the father-in-law's daughter is the same. However... If the animosity from the mother-in-law's daughter is because the mother-in-law doesn't like her, so she like you know created like you know a system where, you know, the mother-in-law's daughter doesn't like her because the mom doesn't like her, so then that would not apply to the father-in-law's daughter. So that's the Gemara's question. What's the if the father-in-law's daughter, so it's the husband's paternal sister, who testifies that the husband died? Are they believed? Time of the Bas if the reason because your mother in law's daughter is not believed, Mishum Dika Ema Desanila. If the whole hostility is because the daughter in law's the mother in law's daughter doesn't like her because the mother in law doesn't like her, so she follows her mom, Hinami Sandavah like Ema Desanila over here will be fine because the father in law doesn't have a problem. Or perhaps the issue with the mother-in-law's daughter doesn't like her because of the inheritance perspective. So to over here, the father-in-law's daughter would also not like her because he's right. She's right to eating the inheritance. So that's the Gemara's kasha. So the Gemara says, Well, the Brisa says there are five women that are not believed. Now, if you're going to add the father-in-law's daughter, that's a sixth. Vemisa, she's having, it should be six. So the fact that it's five means that he's not listed. So the Gemara says, Dilma time at the Baschamaisa, Damrika Achlik, your son of the Benasi, Lishna Baschamaisa, Lishna Baschamel. The answer is it could be that really the Fadmullah's daughter is also not believed. I, it said in the mission of five and not six. The answer is Fadmullah's daughter is included in the category of Mudmullah's daughter because it's the same relationship and they both have the same reason to, to have hostility. They're included and therefore they're not listed twice, but it could be it's a problem as well. Okay, so now we said there are five in the Mishnah. Now, Hatanya, but doesn't the Bryce say Mishaba Noshim? There are seven women. So we have a discrepancy between our Mishnah, which is five, and the Bryce, which is seven. So the Gemara says, Hahi Rav Yudunasi. Rav Yudahi. The case of seven is Rav Yehuda. What's Rav Yehuda's Shita? Because Rav Yehuda adds, Rav Yehuda Moisif, Af Eshes Av, Rav Yehuda adds a stepmother, the Hakala, and a daughter in law. These women are not believed because there's also animosity. Now, the animosity, we'll have to see why the animosity is in a second. Now, like a daughter-in-law, what would the daughter-in-law, like why should the daughter-in-law not, not like the mother-in-law? It's not a money thing, because the daughter-in-law doesn't have a share in the inheritance anyway. We'll have to figure that out. But Rabbi Huda added a stepmother and a daughter-in-law. So why did the Rabbana not? The Rabbana said these don't have to be added to the list. Why? Because a stepmother is included in a stepdaughter. The Mishnah had stepdaughter, and that includes the stepmother. And the daughter-in-law is included in the mother-in-law. 
Now, why did Rabbi Huda not like that? So the Gemara says, Rabbi Huda, Ishlam Chamay, so the Rabbi Huda is basically how I say that, so we see it Rabbi Huda says those are not included because they're fundamentally different hostility. Meaning the Rabbana said he didn't have to list them. So why did Rabbi Huda feel that he had to? Because the hostility for the, stepmo- for the, the, the stepmother and daughter in law is not hostility based on financial. So it's, it's a different type of hostility. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Huda, Bishlam Chamay, Sandalikalodamakalikrisani. Why would the daughter-in-law have a problem with the mother-in-law? I understand the mother-in-law doesn't like the daughter-in-law. The mother-in-law doesn't like the daughter-in-law because there's animosity because of uh, financial animosity. But why would a daughter-in-law hate the mother-in-law? So if a daughter-in-law testifies that the father-in-law died, we don't believe her because he doesn't like the mother-in-law. Why? And Bishlam Balabai is the son of the Av, the Kamar the Gachlikrisani the El Av, my time is son of Same too, also, why would, why would a stepmother have a problem? What would the stepmother's problem be? So the Gemara says, The answer is, Rabbi Yudah added a um, daughter-in-law, but the animosity is not financial. It's the daughter-in-law does not like the mother-in-law because everything the daughter-in-law does wrong, the, the mother tells the son. So the mother-in-law... You know, it was constantly like basically, uh, you know, the, 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 the classic Jewish, you know, the classic mother in law, daughter in law concept that the mother in law is picking on the daughter in law. So to the stepmother, so to the stepmother in law, doesn't like the stepdaughter because the stepdaughter tells the father everything the stepmother does wrong. So that's why he added to the list. Now, why did the Rabona not add it to the list? As water reflects a face to a face, so to a heart of man. Meaning that people are treated the way you treat them. If you're nice to people, they'll be nice. If you're not nice to people, they won't be nice. So what does this mean? So Rashi says that it wasn't listed in the Mishnah. That because, The reason is very simple. Because the mother-in-law doesn't like the daughter-in-law, the daughter-in-law doesn't, hate, doesn't like the mother-in-law. And because the stepdaughter doesn't like the stepmom, the stepmom doesn't like the stepdaughter. You didn't have to list it. It's a natural reaction. Forget about, you know... Because one way the relation doesn't work, it doesn't work the other. You don't have to list it. Rabbi Yehuda, and what does Rabbi Yehuda do? So why does he list it? Why doesn't the Pesach say, Kemayim Panam Panam? Kemayim Panam Panam is referring to Devi Torah. It's not referring to you in relationships. It's referring to Torah, our relationship to Torah. That if you work for Torah, Torah will work back for you. And if not, not. If you like toil in Torah, then Torah will be ingrained within your heart. And if not, not. Amr Bachabar. What if you have a woman who's not the mother-in-law yet, but she will be based on the testimony? Meaning, let's say a case where you have two brothers who have the same father but different mothers. So she's married to one son. This woman's married to one son. And if the husband dies, she'll have to do yibum. If she does Yibam, then that other woman will be her mother-in-law. Right? It's different moms, so it's different mother-in-laws. So the question is, can the potential future mother-in-law, not the mother-in-law right now, but if she testifies that the husband died, so now she becomes a mother-in-law, is there animosity before she becomes a mother-in-law? Do we not believe her? Does it enter her mind that when she's testifying that the man dies, that this woman will then become her daughter-in-law and then she won't like her? Or lie, or we say no. The relationship is still fine. I mean, the question is, do we say that because they're not going to like each other in the future, there's already animosity now or not? So Tashima, so the Gemara brings a right from the opposite. The Gemara assumes, we're trying to figure out if there's going to be future animosity, does that make their animosity now? So the Gemara brings a right like this. 
If a woman come from overseas, that her husband and her father-in-law were overseas, and she comes and she says, my husband died, and then my father-in-law died. So she's allowed to remarry, but but she's not allowed to, the mother-in-law is not allowed to remarry because this is an example of a daughter-in-law testifying about the mother-in-law, which is not allowed. So my time So why why is it? The Gemara assumes over here when the issue right a mother in law is not allowed to testify by the mother in law. So this is a case of daughter in law testifying by the mother, so it doesn't work. But the Gemara says, but wait a minute, why does it not work? The Gemara assumes that the issue with the daughter in law and the mother in law is that the mother in law harasses the daughter in law, so she doesn't like her. Over here where both husbands were overseas, the Gemara assumes that because they were overseas, their relationship is now fine. Because the whole reason why they have a problem is because the husband's there and they're harassing each other. But when the husbands are overseas, they're fine. So you see they're fine now, and yet, it's still, you can't testify. So what does that show you? It shows you that even though it's fine now, it's not going to be, because it was a problem, it's a problem forever. So too over here, one second, So the Gemara is saying that the same way right now there's no hostility because the, the husbands are away. But what's the answer? When, when their husbands come back, there will be hostility. And yet, so there will be hostility. And she's not believed. So you see that future hostility is enough. So too over here, where she's not the mother one now, but she will be. Future hostility exists. The Gemara says no. Dilma Shani Hassan, Daragash Latsaira. Over here, it could be the issue is not future hostility. The reason why we don't believe the, 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 the whole Gemara is based on the assumption that when the husbands are away, there's no hostility. But who said? Maybe the daughter-in-law is still upset at the mother-in-law. So because maybe she's currently still upset at what happened in the past, it's not comparable to a case where they have no relation. I mean, the Gemara assumed when the husbands are away, their mom is good. Who said? Ragesh Latsaira, she already felt pain. So because she already felt pain, maybe she's still taka upset about something that happened in the past. So it's not comparable. Okay. Vaiter in the Gemara. Mishnah. Eight armies. One witness comes and says the husband died, so she's uh, single, the nissus, and she remarries based on this testimony. And then another witness comes and says it's not true; he didn't die. She doesn't have to leave, right? Because it's one against one, so she she's already married; she could stay together. Eight armies. Let's say one witness says he's died and she's single. And then two witnesses come and said he didn't die. Even though she remarried based on the first witness's testimony, she has to divorce the husband because two beats one. If two witnesses say he died, and then one witness said he didn't die, we don't believe the one witness. Now this is this is pretty obvious. We already know this. A two beats one. We already had two beats one. So why do you have a second rule? So the Gemara, second example. So the Gemara is going to say, over here, this is two beating one to be lenient. This is two beating one to say that she's single. The first one was two beating one to say that she's still married. So it's a, a little added chiddush. Okay, so the Mishnah said that if one witness says that the husband died and another witness says it didn't die and she was already married, she could stay together. So the Gemara says, time of the Nisus, the implication is that she's only allowed to stay married because she's married. Halloween is, let's say the one witness comes and says she's single. She doesn't get married yet. Then another witness comes and says she's not single. The Mishnah said she could stay with her new husband if she remarried. What if she didn't remarry? What if she, you know, she didn't marry in between? Halloween is... The implication is that, you know, she can't remarry. I mean, it's Dafka because she already remarried that she could stay with her husband. Let's say she didn't stay, she didn't remarry. There'll be a problem. 
But wait a minute. Right, the Gemara, the, the Mishnah said that if one witness comes and says Mace, and one witness comes and says Loi Mace, and she already married in between, she could stay with her husband. Let's say she didn't marry in between, she wouldn't allow to remarry. But why? Once one witness comes and says that the husband dies, and we believe one witness, so then that's equal to two. So we believe, so it's like two witnesses. Then when another witness comes and says that her husband's still alive, then it's like one against two. So she should be allowed to re- she should allow to marry based on the first witness, not just stay married if she already did. So the Gemara says, Hachikamer, this is what it meant to say. You're right. If one witness comes says he dies, and then she's mutter to remarry, she's allowed to stay in that heter. Meaning it doesn't mean that she have to actually has has to have actually remarried. It's that she's allowed to potentially remarry based on one witness. So in other words, the one witness's testimony is, is beats out the future witnesses, one witness's other testimony. Okay. Then the Mishnah said, if one witness says he dies and two witnesses said they don't die, he didn't die, she has to get divorced because two beats one. So the Pshita? Of course two beats one. What's the Chiddush? The answer is, The case is where the people that testified are posoledis, meaning they're not men, they're women. The Mishnah's ruling that uh, we go with the two witnesses to beat the one is talking about where the two witnesses are women or slaves. Who are ordinarily not kosher, but over here they're believed. So, the Tanya is the and the Rav Nachemi follows the sheet of Rav Nachemi. The Tanya, Rav Nachemi, I remember Kamakim Shemina Teriyeh Echad, Hilchach Harayv Deis, Vosushtei Noshim Bishechad, Kishnei Noshim Bishechad. So the case is where one witness comes and says the husband died, and then two witnesses come and say he didn't die. So you say, of course you'd be two. The case is where the two witnesses were women. So you might think that two witnesses of women equals to one man. No. Once the Torah accepts the testimony of women, then women and men are the same. So if you have one man that testifies that she's that that the husband died, and then two women come, we believe the two women over the men. But you same another answer. No, right? According to that view, once when it comes to agunas, men and women are the same. It doesn't matter who comes first. And one man and then two women, we believe the women. One woman, two men, we believe the men. We just care about numbers. Ibai same another answer. Could be like this. If the first we just said that if one witness comes and says the husband died, and then two witnesses come and said they didn't die, we believe the two. So we said it's Pashit. So we said the Khidish is where the first one was a man and the second two were women. The Gemara rejects that. The Gemara actually says, if the one man came first, then women will not be able to beat his testimony. The only time where women are believed is if the first person that came was a woman. So if the first testimony was by a woman of one aid, and then two witnesses come and say that, that and then two witnesses come and say that, uh, that uh, you know, a different opinion, then we'll believe the women over women. But we're not going to believe the women over the first man. So our case, where we believe the two witnesses over the one witness in the Mishnah is where it's one woman and then two women. But if it was one man and two women, we would not believe them. So it could be when Rav Nechemi said Heshita, that two beats one, when it comes to women, that women will be men, it, it doesn't mean if a man comes first, then women will not be men. 
the cases where a woman came first, and then two more women. So then you believe two beats one. So when Nechemi said two beats one, it meant, and the two are women, it means the first one was a woman as well. Okay. Then the Mishnah said, if two witnesses come and say that he died, and then one witness says that he didn't die, we don't believe the one. So two beats one. So the Gemara says, We already said two beats one. The Gemara says, The Chiddush is that two beats one, and we accept the, witness, the two women beating one woman when it comes to testimony. The Chiddush is that this is true even if you're dealing to be lenient. The first case, the second case of the Mishnah is to be Machmed. The third case is to be lenient. So you see the two beats one, both Lakula and Lachomer. I will stop here.